Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Returners Podcast. This is Jesse. I'm back from a little hiatus. This episode is a little different from what we normally do. A local Chapel Hill movie theater, the Caraway Drive-In, sadly just closed down. My co-host, Ajit, and I got a chance to speak to Randy Emmerman, the founder and owner. It's a great conversation about surviving the movie theater industry, starting up film festivals, and how the Caraway Drive-In Theater came to be during the onset of the COVID-19 outbreak. We also talked to her about the film festival that she started here a few years ago, Film Fest 919. After that conversation, we switched gears a little bit to our review. A couple of my family members and I attended the final screening at the Caraway Drive-In, which was Thor, Love and Thunder, and this movie is everything you'd expect from the Marvel franchise. But the experience and all the misadventures of attending a drive-in made it worth it. So stay tuned for that. First, our conversation with Randy Emmerman, founder and owner of FilmFest 919 and the Caraway Drive-In Theater. And we are here with Randy. Thank you so much. Hey, how are you guys doing today? For being with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're the founder of a film festival and also... Uh, a drive-in drive theater, theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one came out of the other. Can you tell me the right. story of how that happened? Film Fest 919 um, was, was in our, going into our third year. And the pandemic hit. And we were trying to think, how do we keep the film festival going in these times? We didn't want to take the virtual route, which everybody was doing, where... I don't want people watching movies mm. on their computers, yeah. let alone on their couches. Right. Um, and that's where the idea of the drive-in came to be. Um, I was driving around looking for a location, and I drove by Caraway Village, which the land had been already cleared to build apartments and restaurants, and, you know, everything else that goes into these projects, you know, uh, retail. So I contacted Northwood Raven, who are the developers on the area, and they saw my vision. We moved forward. We finally got the approvals from, you know, all the different organizations and permits to build and how this is going to work. And 45 days before the festival is when we really got the go-ahead. So we planned the festival. We built a drive-in, got the equipment, and we have the same equipment, the same movie projector that you'd see in your state-of-the-art movie theater. I'm used to building movie theaters. You know, I, I came to this area originally for Silver Spot Cinemas. And so my background is in building, you know, st- starting movie theater companies and starting them. But how are we going to do this outside? Yeah. You know, last time I was at a drive-in, believe it or not, I was in college, and it was opening day of the very first Star Wars. Wow. Oh, you know, wow. the very first Star Wars. Wait, so you saw Star Wars in a drive-in? Uh-huh. Oh, my. Well, but when you had like that little thing that you put on your car, you know, the little mic you right, put on the window, you, and radio? you couldn't even hear it. No, there wasn't even radios oh, in those yeah. days. It was, you know, the little mic from wherever the sound came from. So, you know, it was a lot of learning curve. Then mm-hmm. the situation is, okay, we had to socially distance the cars mm-hmm. so people would feel comfortable coming. And we did it. We opened up with One Night in Miami. And the fun part was in the first, and and we did it over three weeks instead of the usual, you know, five days of the festival. So it would be on weekends. Only we had two hurricanes and a tornado (laughs) during the festival. (laughs) Yeah, the tornado that ripped the screen in half on the premiere of a movie. 
that was another one. But we did it. We did it. We lived through it. You know, we fixed everything. And now, almost two years later, we just closed the drive-in. You know, because it's time for development and it's time for people to get back into theaters. Right. And obviously, Film Fest 919 is still going, still going uh-huh. strong. But for this theater, this outdoor theater that is sadly closing, you did what you came to do. We had people coming from Virginia, from Greensboro, from Winston-Salem, from Raleigh, from all over the place, Durham especially, not as many from Chapel Hill, which was interesting. Huh. But you know what? And one of the hardest, it was a really hard decision to close it. Yeah. Because we got to know so many of the people because I usually welcomed every person that was coming in and we talked to every person. We tried to make it as much of a luxury experience as you could believe it and as much services as we can give to the customer as possible. Um, and and when in the last few weeks after I decided um, and everyone called, oh, please don't call. We've loved it. We've we had people who came every weekend, even if we were playing the same movie again, because they were able to get out of their house. Yeah. And one guy would be opening weekend. He was from Hillsboro. He would buy like 16 tickets every week. And That's amazing. 16 tickets every week and invite friends because he could see friends because they were outside. They were socially distanced. Brilliant. And, and again, it's not sitting in a movie theater. It's just a different, unique movie-going experience. It just means so much to, to, to fulfill, be able to fulfill people and to show them different things you know and get them out maybe out of their comfort zone with some films too and and, and going back to that emotional I know it was really hard yeah and it, 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 it was time you know construction I had to think of the safety of everybody sure and I also had to think of the financial end right. when you lose 60 percent of your parking spaces and it's an expensive operation to run just like yeah. the film festival is and why we look for supporters and sponsors, because that's the only way these things work. If not, we're paying it for us by ourselves. And um, w- it, would you be willing to talk about that? So expand on that, like sure. in terms of how, how you know, not so much the exact numbers, but like in terms of just how much, like what the percentages might be of, like say, ticket sales to. Yeah. So even in a movie theater, ticket sales are nothing. The money goes to the studio. You know, that's why these theaters have bars and show ads in front of movies and popcorn and food, because that's where movie theaters make their money. You know, and in a film festival um, situation, because the concessions and everything else is going to the theater, we thrive on sponsorship. And without that, it's, it's very, very difficult. I'll just talk about Sundance Film Festival. Which for tw- it took them 12 years to even get their footing, even with who's involved. Um, and today, the Sundance Film Festival and the Sundance Institute pays about $132 million in tax dollars. My goodness. You know what that does to a community? Again, what we said about earlier is people will travel here. They'll spend money when they come here. You know, they'll dine at the restaurants. They'll shop at the stores if there's anything near where the theaters are because that's what they're here to do have a good time and we want to show off the city and 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 we want to be proud of we are proud of North Carolina that's why we're here I mean I moved here from Palm Beach and it's the best move I ever made I mean I love it here it's just people are so welcoming and I love I like the seasons and it's just a great place and we want just we want the rest of the world to see this place too I feel like this is a very unusual festival. It's it's 
the, the times I've attended, it's humongous uh, blockbuster films mm-hmm. to uh, Oscar, potentially Oscar-winning films playing six months before they even hit the theaters. I've been part of film festivals before, and it's so hard to get these big films to play. How did you manage that? Well, Carol and I, Carol's my partner, lives in L.A. Um, We have a lot of, you know, we've been doing this a long time Mm -hmm. uh, on different sides of the business. And it's it's networking, it's relationships. Uh, When we set out to do a film festival here, we didn't want to invade on any other of the established festivals mm. in the state or in the area. Right. Um, why we wanted to do one in the fall is because we wanted to curate a festival and bring the best of Cannes, Venice, Telluride, and Toronto, and some of the things from Sundance that the distributors who picked them up were waiting till the fall cycle to bring out to the public. Why? Because these are the films that you're going to hear in awards considerations. So. We're bringing a festival that you would have had to travel to one of these one of these areas, spend thousands and thousands of dollars to this community. And the other thing is by bringing this kind of festival as it grows and people, locals embrace it and we get so much worldwide attention. We saw this before the pandemic starting to happen. People travel here to go to the festival and they stay in the hotel rooms, and they dine in the restaurants. So it becomes an economic stimulator as well right. for the local area. Because again, like you said, these are films that you're not gonna see you know, until it opens up or you go to one of these larger festivals. And that's what we wanted to bring to this community and do it at a more affordable way for people right. to enjoy. And that's uh, one of the amazing, one of the things that we like to talk about a lot is um, getting people off the couch, getting people mm-hmm. into the movie, into the movie theaters, and and this uh, uh, sharing a, a passion for film with with people, you know, in this area. This is not New York. This is not L.A. The triangle is growing, but <laughs> we're not quite there yet. And um, it also strikes me that it, it affords people an opportunity to get in on the incite, excitement of seeing a film before mm-hmm. wide release, or they they think to this, themselves. Oh, I'll just rent it on Amazon at home, right. or 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 maybe not even see it. I mean, it, it there is something to be said for anticipation and being involved in in the release of a film, and that I think is a oh, lot yeah. of value to this I, area. I, I, when when you are able to talk, have a conversation with someone, and you're talking about films and mm-hmm. what's coming up, and you tell them, I've already seen that, mm-hmm. right? There's something like like it's it's not just about boasting; right. it, it's about excitement about how much you love something, right? And, mm-hmm. and, th- and I think, like, I think w- what's missing sometimes with movies going directly to the screen, I mean, to the streaming services, is that all the excitement is through marketing, which is fine, which everyone does, but there's no word of mouth like it used to be. I watched uh, The Marriage Story with... Um, yep, The Marriage Story with yeah. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That was the opening night. And I, I watched it way before it came out. And mm-hmm. it was... And I would, and like, you know, people would talk about it, and, and I would go, God, I've... You know, six months... That was, hap- I, I, that was six months ago. And you ago. saw that at Film Fest 909. Yeah, yeah. That night, you texted me, yeah. and you said... Everyone who's married has to see yes. this movie right now. I know my son's going through a divorce, and I'm like, please watch this movie. You'll get, it, you know? <laughs> You'll get it a little bit more. But that's what's so special about um, film festivals and this being different because, you know, marketing's hard nowadays. Yeah. You know, it used to be 
you know, you get a story in the daily paper the Friday before, the Sunday before, you do local television, everybody knows about it. Here, everybody gets their information from so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing in the independent film world where, you know, you don't have that, even if that star is on TV, it's, it's getting the traction for it. Like we showed Parasite at one art festival. And it came out eight months later after right. it won every Oscar. You know, wow. we showed Roma, you know, all these films. God, that is so cool. Parasite it, and Roma. <laughs> you know, and, and Roma's the first movie we ever showed. And we had the stars of Roma here. Wow. We gave them their first awards they ever received. And they were both nominated for Oscars. But it's, it's that, bring a little bit of glitz and glamour. Something different to the area, even though, you know, with this... We're not dressing up in gowns. I would if I could, but, you know, it's bringing that little bit of excitement. Yeah. And I know there's, you know, there's a lot of things to do around here, and there's wonderful, you know, cultural events, but it's it's a little different on a different scale. Where does your passion for film and film festivals come from? Where, How were you hooked? Was right. it at so a young age? So I could I mean, say, as far as film, I think when you're sitting in that seat and the lights go down and you're in front of that big screen, you're, you're transported. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an experience. And again, we'll get into the movie theater conversation. Why are movie? Th- why is it so important to see a movie in a movie theater? It's it's the to being with the community, to be in a joint experience. You know, even if you're in a theater with the big comfy chairs, which is awesome, or if you're in a you know another kind of theater, it's that if someone laughs during a movie, you're gonna laugh. If someone scares, like it's a horror movie, go oh, everyone's gonna do that. You know, it's it's you're watching it the movie differently. And then you're going to go out into the lobby or you're going to have a cocktail afterwards or a coffee. You're going to talk about it. Whether you loved it or hated it, you're still involved in a conversation. Yes. And to me, that's like, what an experience. The other thing, and one of my passions for film festivals, whether it's the kind of film festival we're doing here with Film Fest 919, or we're showing all independent films that we've picked, you know, we've seen, we've gone through that. It, somebody wrote that story, and it came from something someone experienced. And it opens your eyes to the world around you in a different way. I love having filmmakers tell their stories because you get where it came from, you know, and, and you get to know the person, and you get to, it, it's just bringing that to the people to understand what film is. Like, you don't know how many people have told me film festivals, your film festival is not art. Huh. <laughs> because it has a big budget and it has all this. And I would say to someone, so that Picasso over there is not art because it sold for a lot of money. Right. Every person, and you look at those credits scrolling by, whether it's a little independent film or it's a big Marvel or DC film that has thousands of people, every one of those people, person, are an artist who made that movie. And they all came together. And they to- all came together to make that movie. So you mentioned you were part of the Palm Beach Film Festival, yes. right? Yes. For filmmakers and, and maybe even the general audience, what is the purpose of a festival? In the situation with the Palm Beach International Film Festival, the local government got together and they did some studies. And this is, you know, way, way, this is back in the 80s. When did we start it? We started it in 94, 95. They wanted Palm Beach to be known for something else besides Rich old people. <laughs> Abbott and Costello. You know, and, and, and <laughs> right. Palm Beach, literally, most of Palm Beach County is not rich old people. It has some of the poorest areas in the country. Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. So, so out of it, film came out of that. And they would like more film production and film as an art. 
and then equestrian and and beaches a lot of stuff came out of that so I was involved with other film festivals in South Florida and they approached me to be a founding board member and one of the other things we did out of it was we since we wanted to create a film community when filmmakers come to town they need crew you know below the line crew so we started in area high schools classes and and departments for film in the local high schools so by the time I was there for 20 years by the time we left we we had 13 high schools with film programs and we're serving 3200 kids to develop Damn. to develop Amazing. the stars. yeah wow. yeah like when people say like oh I want to change a community or I'm, like you know when people like politicians or whoever this is the kind of stuff that actually matters because that's right. that many amount of people will have families they can take care of and and so right. on and so and, and then pass that knowledge on to communities in communities where that was probably not you know it's so hard to like for that especially back then now right. i think it's a little bit easier right um what a great what a great that's uh, fantastic. and and that's why gift. i joined that board yeah. I, I was so passionate about what their mission was yeah um and the other thing is as you know towards the end um and because i left 20 years later, we would use like 1,200 hotel rooms, which is nothing for a film festival. Right. But figure 1,200 hotel rooms with people spending money is a lot of hotel rooms. We used to even do promotions like I had a friend in Amsterdam who's still a friend that has a group of radio stations. So every year there'd be this big contest where they would fly in people from Amsterdam and they'd come to the festival and report from it. But that's getting the word Palm Beach out to different all over the world giving it this new perspective of what the area is. So it means something besides what your perception of the area is. Like for this area, it might be, we hear a lot about sports from this area. Right, Duke and Carolina. That's all I knew about this area before I came here to check it out. I knew there were two awesomes, you know? Yeah, maybe, football maybe some barbecue. Basketball team. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I knew nothing. Until I came here, it's like, wow, I love it here. Yeah. P people are trying to start festivals, film festivals, mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in their own communities. What, any, any tips or advice? On the this? first <laughs> thing I would say is, and this is the biggest mistake that everybody makes with film festivals, they want to meet celebrities. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's come to me to say, can you help me? And that's what they, well, we want stars to come. Not the reason to start a film festival. It has to be the passion. What is it you want out of it? Are you a filmmaker? What is it you want out of it? You have to know it's a lot of hard work. It is not easy, and it is very expensive to do. I mean, to do it right. This um, is not a nine-to-five. This is not a nine-to-five job. You know, a lot of these festivals are started out of government money, like Palm Beach. I'll use an example. They put a chunk of money into it for the first 10 years, and even in the second 10 years, not the same, to make it work. Because you can't make it work overnight. It takes time. Yeah. You know, it takes time and it needs to be fostered and loved and, you know, embraced. As, as Carraway Theater finds, tries to find a new home, we are sitting in the Lumina yeah. Theater, which is in Southern Village. Mm -hmm. Now, to people who don't live in this area, in the Triangle, Southern Village is one of the coolest communities you can find. Um, it's like, um, I don't know, how, how would you describe it? It's like a... A neighborhood that has shops, has grocery store, has like good restaurants, uh, good restaurants, and then it also has like schools, this, has schools, yeah. and it also has like this wonderful, wonderful, cute little theater, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's the reason why I love this theater is because you can literally just like finish a screening 
and then walk out into the park that's like right across right. and talk about it. Um, so are you involved in, in Illumina? Yeah, so I think um, the Illumina just recently reopened. They've done an awesome job, you know, reopening. It's, it's more on your traditional kind of theater experience, but elevated. And they're going to have a bar and everything else here, too. And it, it's, just, it's a nice alternative. You know, it's, again, it's going to the movies right. where we want to be. Yeah. And I'm so glad the Lumen is opening, too. Yeah. And <laughs> Jesse, you grew up in this area. My sister lived in, here in Southern Village for many years, and I came here as a young person. I've been, I've been coming here for years, and I, I, I love this theater yeah. And I'm much. really excited to say that the Lumina will be one of our locations for the film festival this year. Oh, that's, yeah, that's isn't awesome. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. So, yeah. And the, the festival is in October, so right. you have about, t- you know, like two months. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, do you, at this point, do you already know what films mm-hmm. are playing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you like to know? <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> I'm not asking too much. Um, well, I mean. Yes. Yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's but awesome. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to check out our show notes on links to FilmFest 919 and the Caraway Theater at returnerspodcast.com. We will have more about the festival as we get closer to it. Now to the screening of Thor, Love and Thunder. Unfortunately, we're, we're missing a Jeet tonight. But with us, we have Franklin and James Hirsch. Hi, James. Hello. Franklin. Hello. Franklin is a singer and an entrepreneur. You book musical acts, right? Yeah, not too far from here. Now, Franklin, you like movies. Yes, I do. I I am an American. (laughs) James, you do not like movies. I do not like movies. Um, Wait, what? I, I, I like TV shows and really only TV shows that are in the, the shorter format. I like having the choice to get up every 20 minutes or so and then not take it and then sit down and watch the show for the amount of time I would have watched a movie that at least I could have chosen at any time to quit. See, this is kind of interesting because James is actually, <clears throat> I think, the first guest that we've had who does not like the movie theater experience. It's like not for him, and that's and that's a really that's a really interesting thing. I've been to movies with you before. You like to be able to get up and stretch your legs and go get something to eat and walk away from the film if you don't like it, right? That's uh, quite correct. I have uh, I get um, jackhammer legs if I stay in the seat too long, and I just have to get some more soda, um, stretch my legs, and uh, sometimes escape from uh, the way the movie is. <laughs> Our first non-cinema lover on the film podcast. I think that if you're going to watch a a mid-level or bad movie, the best way to do it is on a couch and to to constantly uh, talk uh, smack about it with a friend while drinking a beer. (laughs) I think that the best way to watch a mediocre or indeed bad movie is yes with a friend shit talking drinking a beer but watching it on a uh perhaps a five inch screen on an airplane 
just trapped and also screaming. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever been to a drive-in before. Have you guys ever? No. No. No, no. I guess we'll I guess we'll see what it's all about. neighbor's uh, car battery went dead, so we're just giving them a jump. The movie, I think, is probably one of the most, like, mid-level, forgettable movies that I've, I've, I've seen in, in a long time. I, I, I mean, it didn't even really infuriate me in the way that Marvel movies do. It's just, it just felt all that humor is just kind of played out. I would have to say that of all of the movies I've ever seen, that was one of them. <laughs> it had dialogue. I don't know. It, that, that movie seemed to not want... Wait, it looks like there's even one more scene. Look, she's not dead. Look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, Marvel. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's a mid... A mid-credits scene. So I think there actually is... There very well could be a Greek gods versus Nordic gods cinematic universe in the making, which is... There it is. Thor will return. What? I feel like that movie did its best to prevent me from uh, taking it seriously or getting invested at any point in the movie. Um, And when it actually tried about halfway through... It was too late. It was too late, and (laughs) it was unearned. I'm looking up how much a gas cap is... We had a little. We uh, were jumping somebody's car, and Franklin realized he, his gas cap is missing. I was just going to say that I got a new wallet, and I'm excited about it. This is not a sponsorship. I was just that bored, folks. This is not a very uh, Thor positive, Thor positive crowd. <laughs> but what about the drive-in experience, guys? I gotta say. This, if this is representative of all drive-ins, yikes. I really enjoyed the novelty of it. I kind of wish that I had seen a film that wasn't, like, physically irritating to my eyes. You know, the real test would have been, like, watching something, maybe even that I already knew and enjoyed. I, I, I went very, like, deep in my own head thinking about how just comprehensively bad this movie was. I think being outside on a night that's not too hot, watching a movie with, with some pals, is, uh, is, is pretty fun. Um, I'd just like to uh, thank the people of this lovely drive-in for putting on a nice last show for us. Folks, you heard it here first and last. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, we hope you enjoy these conversations. A very special thank you to all of our guests. Once again, for show notes, visit us at returnerspod.com. And for more info on FilmFest 919, visit filmfest919.com. Thank you for listening.